A marvelous Monday to each of you, and welcome to the Locked On Grizzlies podcast. My name is Sean Coleman. Hope wherever you are and wherever you are listening, you are having a wonderful start to your day. Over the weekend, the Grizzlies had another forgettable loss against the Miami Heat, a game that just wasn't in the cards for the Grizzlies. But with the Denver Nuggets, two games against the Denver Nuggets on the horizon this week, how that game against the Heat could actually be helpful for the Grizzlies and why some inconsistencies are starting to emerge that the Grizzlies can quickly address to get better moving forward. That and much more on this edition of the Locked on Grizzlies podcast. Let's get it going. You are Locked on Grizzlies. Your daily Memphis Grizzlies podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Certainly hope each and every one of you had a wonderful Halloween and holiday weekend. Obviously, it was a weekend full of fun football action, baseball action, basketball action. So many great sports going on right now. And of course, the Locked On Podcast Network has you covered. Welcome to the Locked On Grizzlies Podcast. My name's Sean Coleman. You can find me right here at StatsSAC on Twitter. You can find the show at Locked On Grizz, the podcast wherever it's available, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever you choose to listen to podcasts, that's where we'll be. Thank you for all the recent support. Many have said very kind things. Cannot thank you enough. If you're a new listener, welcome. If you're a longtime loyal listener, thanks so much for being along for the ride and being with us for another start to a great season. Of course, also, you can find us now on YouTube. Just hit that subscribe button below. Let's us know you like the show. Let's others find the show who enjoy it and also just makes the experience that much better for everybody involved. Also, don't forget to like, subscribe, and review by listening to the podcast. Again, my name is Sean Coleman. I'm a credential media member with the Grizzlies, have been covering the Grizzlies now for four years. Your host here at Locked On Grizzlies, your Grizzlies every single day. Also want to remind you of a thank you for making Locked On Grizzlies your first listen of the day. Before your second listen, check out the Locked On NBA podcast. So many things going on around the NBA. It seems daily a new news story is breaking in terms of some of the bigger, more featured teams in the league. Make sure you check out the Locked On NBA podcast free wherever you like your podcast or or here on YouTube, just like Locked On Grizzlies. After you make Locked On Grizzlies your first listen, check out the Locked On NBA podcast. So obviously, the Grizzlies had a game against the Miami Heat, and the Grizzlies were riding a bit of a high wave, being able to unexpectedly end their big West Coast road trip, a very tough start to the season, a tough test to start the season, with a 3-2 and record as they came back and performed much better in the second half against Golden State compared to how they could perform against Portland. Well, unfortunately, on Saturday night, there was just no coming back. The Memphis Grizzlies lost 129 to 103, and this game, the the, the end of this game was written in the first quarter. The, the, The Miami Heat were hot from three, like historically hot from three. We'll get into that in just a second. But along with that, Jimmy Butler would not be denied. 23 points. 10 of 10 from the free throw line to go along with the Heat shooting at 70% from three while making over 10 threes in the first half of the game. There were just too many layers of dominance for the Grizzlies to be able to contend with on Saturday night, and they just had no chance. To, to, to put it into perspective, I mentioned it on Twitter, there have been now 76 times in the history of the NBA in which a team has hit 21 or more threes in a game while shooting 50% or better. From three, the Miami Heat were the 76th team to do that in NBA history against the Grizzlies on Saturday night. Those teams are 75 and one. So if you're going to see a team do that, 
You just have to tip your cap to him. That's what the players said in the postgame press conference and move on and learn and make sure that it doesn't happen again. But that's something that stands out about this game against the Heat. Of course, you don't want to draw too many absolute conclusions. Number one, it's the sixth game of the season. Number two, the, again, the, this Heat team was just absolutely on fire all night long. They played exceptionally well, and it wasn't like it was all that expected because of how much they had struggled shooting the three. But there are a few things that you certainly can build off of. And one of those things that I think that stands out that separates a team like the Heat, who are on that next, who are on that next level or maybe a couple levels above where the Grizzlies want to be when it comes to being a sustainable winner, with the Heat, and it has a lot to do with the fact that they're a veteran team. With the Heat, when you see them play, there's a lot better execution in the half court than the Grizzlies are able to consistently produce at this moment. And there's also a lot of nuance and physicality. That's something that a few, you know, of you know, my favorite minds when it comes to Grizzlies media, Anthony Sane, um, as well as Matt Herdlicka mentioned over the weekend, and I think they're absolutely right. This Grizzlies team is built to get out on the run, be young, athletic. They are at their best when they are out-athleting other teams, when they're outrunning other teams in transition, on the fast break, being able to find success before defenses are set. Well, if the Grizzlies are not finding success doing that and they're playing against bigger teams, they're going to have trouble because overall this roster is pretty small. And that is something that stood out on um, Saturday night. Another thing that stood out, and this just comes with time as players get older, there's a bit of nuance that's lacking when it comes to the Grizzlies. When an offensive set is not is is not going to be executed, and when you're playing a defense like the Miami Heat, your initial offensive sets are probably not going to find that much success all the time. There is nuance that's missing from the Grizzlies right now. It's expected because of how young this team is and how they're, they're still trying to find their true identity when it comes to offense, consistently find that balance that they had in the first two or three games of the season. But there's a lack of nuance on this Grizzlies offense where for some reason the first opportunity is not there and, and the counter may not be there. What can the Grizzlies do? Maybe, you know, minimizing the game to a two-on-two -two matchup, you know, working jaw, working off a screen from Desmond Bain or Stephen Adams or what have you. There's not as much consistency when it comes to the Grizzlies counters or when it comes to the Grizzlies improvisation like you see with other more veteran teams who are better in the half court. Again, this is something that understandably is not there right now, but is a clear area of growth for the Grizzlies. And it's one of those aspects of the game that the Grizzlies will get better with that time. But right now, it can be exposed by good defenses like the Miami Heat. That's just a simple truth. That was a difference in this game. You saw the Heat consistently, even though the Grizzlies were able to contest their three-point shots, you saw them consistently be able to find the openings, work off each other. You know, uh, For instance, um, Duncan Robinson was working off of Kyle Lowry's movement. Tyler Hero was working off someone else's movement. It was just an aspect of the Heat that makes them a very good team that right now is not consistently there with the Grizzlies. That's something that will grow in time. And while the Grizzlies certainly gets, did get steamrolled, there's no other way to put it, there were, I think, a few positives to take away. Number one, you were able to see DeAnthony Melton bounce back from a, you know, pretty lackluster back-to-back um, -back games against the Trailblazers and the Warriors when it came to offense. He bounced back. 
course, Desmond Bain stayed consistent, but Kyle Anderson was able to find his shot three of four from three. That certainly was a very good turn of events for the Grizzlies that hopefully will start to build up as time goes on. And the other thing is that the Grizzlies, once again, were able to impose their impact as an opportunistic defense, creating 18 turnovers against the Heat. And again, it didn't make much difference, but at the end of the day, those are small building blocks that certainly are worth looking at and their positives to build on as this team looks at consistency. So the takeaway from Saturday night, it just wasn't in the cards for the Grizzlies. The Heat were absolutely hot from three, no pun intended. I don't think if the Grizzlies even, it would have played significantly better, it would have made a difference. However, there certainly are some positives to build off of. But the thing is, is that also, with it being so early in the year, with this team being so young, and with many players being asked to do more this year than they did last year, there are also some inconsistencies that certainly are there, that certainly need to be addressed, but also it needs to be remembered that with it being so early in the season, these inconsistencies could eventually normalize for the better for the Grizzlies. I'll discuss that in just a moment. And speaking of for the better, if you want to make your experience when it comes to fantasy sports, especially daily fantasy sports, something to check out is Prize Picks. Prize Picks has the best NBA daily fantasy sports prop game on the market. It offers more NBA props than any other DFS prop operator and offers all the superstar players as well as bench players only re only receiving recording a handful of minutes each game. Prize Picks offers you any prop you can think of from yards to touchdowns, even interceptions thrown. You can literally sit here and bet on how many yards Patrick Mahomes will get, so while how many threes LeBron James will get. You pick two to five players and an over-under on their projections, and you can win up to 10 times on any entry, That and it's just you versus the projected numbers. Prize Picks also allows mixed sport entries. Don't hesitate. Check out prizepicks.com and use the promo code NBA or go to your app store and download the app today. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Well, of course, if you're going to enjoy daily fantasy, you want to make sure that you know of a way for you to easily be able to watch multiple sports at different times of the day or even at the same time. And that could be a hassle if you don't have the right setup when it comes to your TV watching. Well, I've got a solution for you, and it's Direct TV Stream. And it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there is no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. Of course, we want to again remind you that and, and thank you that Locked on Grizzlies is free wherever your podcasts are available and right here on the YouTube channel. Can't thank you enough for making it your first listen of the day, but it's an exciting week when it comes to football. We're now approaching the halfway point of the NFL season, seeing some teams clearly establish themselves as favorites in their conference, right? The Titans, six and two. But also in college football, tomorrow night, it's the first reveal of the college football playoff rankings. Who Who is in, who is out? All the previews and reaction on your favorite Locked On NFL channels and, or shows, as well as your favorite Locked On college football shows. Make sure whatever team you cheer for, check out the Locked On NFL podcast or Locked On college football podcast that pertains to your favorite team as your second and third listen of the day after you make Locked On Grizzlies your first listen of the day. So obviously the Grizzlies now are three and three. And overall, all things considered, I certainly think that is definitely a good turn of events. I think that it's it's more of the fact of how the Grizzlies have lost in their last two losses than it is the record itself. 
Yes, the Grizzlies have gotten blown out against the Trailblazers, and they've gotten blown out against the Heat. That's certainly not something that you want to see. But also, I think that against the Trailblazers, it was pretty lackluster. We just had a terrible effort in the second half. And against the Heat, the Heat were just on a hot one. There's nothing you could really do about it. You're going to run into those sometimes. There are going to be games this year where the Grizzlies get that hot, and they just couldn't be denied. Again, sometimes you just tip your cap and move on because the other team just played exceptionally well. Well, when it comes to the Grizzlies, though, there are a few inconsistencies that I certainly do think stand out. And one of those things that stands out, obviously, is the defense. And it's weird coming into the season because the defense, as I had mentioned, you know, a few times last week, the defense was the calling card of this team last year, especially in terms of being consistent. But the thing is, is that this defense, there it's been very, very ineffective against the three-point shot. Some of that is some early, you know, unlikely to sustain opposition success shooting the three. I believe shooting variance is the way to put it. But other things about it are is that the Grizzlies just have not been able to stay consistent defending the three. Now, early, you know, in the first few games, it was the inability to be able to guard the three. They were leaving way too many, they were giving up way too many uncontested threes. They've actually improved in that department. You could see it on the film. It's just the shots keep falling. So that is certainly something that stands out. However, when I say there's inconsistencies, that that may be the negative part of things. And of course, Dylan Brooks working Kyle Anderson more into the scheme as time goes on, those two things will help. But one of the things that is encouraging to see is that over the past two games, this Grizzlies team has now forced 20 turnovers per game against the Warriors and the Heat. That's something that if the Grizzlies can make can make, can remain consistent with, that'll feed into their offense. It'll get their defense more consistent by, you know, a byproduct of that is making the offense more consistent because the Grizzlies are going to get out on the run where they certainly excel. That's something that is highly encouraging. So yes, the defense has been a disappointment so far this year, but I don't think that this team is truly a bottom five defense in the league, especially when it gets Dylan Brooks back. It may normalize to where it's more of an average to slightly above average defense this year than being a clear top 10 defense, but I do think that this defense is certainly going to get better as time goes on. Maybe as things start to normalize with a little bit, you know, less, a little bit more luck, I guess, the Grizzlies being less unlucky, I guess is the best way to put it, when it comes to their defense, some of these shots won't fall as consistently from other teams, and that'll certainly help out the overall numbers. But if the Grizzlies can get back to being opportunistic and start creating turnovers like they have the past two games, that's certainly an encouraging sign, and obviously that allows for the offense to be put in a position where it excels compared to the rest of the NBA. Obviously, on the flip side of things, while the Grizzlies have certainly struggled themselves defending the three, they themselves have seen a bit of an inconsistency when it comes to shooting the three. In the first three games of the season, the Grizzlies were averaging 14 threes per game, shooting 40% from three, and they were in the top six in three-point percentage per game or in the NBA. They were, they were shooting 40% and making 14 threes over their first three games, something that was certainly highly encouraging to see for a team that wanted to be more balanced by featuring the three-pointer more to go along with what they could do in the lane. But over the last three games, the Grizzlies have actually averaged 49 threes per game. That's correct. They have shot 147 threes per game. They're only making... 30% of them. And so that is something that's great. You know, I talked about it. Getting reps is certainly something that matters for this team. And a lot of those shots 
were by the you know garbage time lineups. Basically, the Grizzlies were running out their third string players because they were losing so badly in both the Portland and the Miami game. So that has to be factored into it as well. But what stands out about the inconsistencies is, is while it's great for the Grizzlies to be shooting the three this much, they don't want to overemphasize the three so much to the point that they're getting away from consistently trying to find a high percentage look every single time they're on the court. Again, going back to what I mentioned in the first segment, when the Grizzlies' initial offensive scheme does not work against a good defense, they try a counter, it doesn't work. The Grizzlies don't need to settle for a three, especially against defenses that can contest them well. They've got to keep the ball moving. They've got to keep working off each other. That's something that will improve with time. But while the Grizzlies certainly, I think overall, have had an encouraging, a, a very good start, you know, versus what was likely expected, shooting from three to start this season, I do think that where the inconsistency comes in place is that you don't want to overemphasize the three so much to where you're preferring that over finding a high percentage look every single time down the court. And of course, getting away from the team aspect of things, there obviously is the play of Jaron Jackson Jr. Now, I think that if you were to categorize Jaron's games so far this season, um, yeah, they've been a bit subpar. There's no doubt about that. He's had one good game, only one game so far this year in which he shot better than 32% from the field. And that's not going to cut it. I, I can agree with anybody who has the assessment that Jaron shooting like he is right now is not going to work. Uh, of course it's not. That's certainly understandable. But I will say this, Jaron has shown incremental improvements in his rebounding improving, his fouls have lowered a bit. He is showing strides, I feel, defensively as well, while taking on more responsibility than he has in the past. But the thing about it to remember is this, is that you're going to get a lot of variance in Jaron's game right now. I mentioned it in the offseason. I felt this season, even going well into next season, you're going to see more flashes of Jaron that are incredible to see, then you're going to see a high level of, you know, all, all, all-star consistency or something like that. It's going to take time for Jaron to find his consistency. So far, that's been a ratio of one out of every six games. He was a true difference maker. You're probably not going to see him over the next two to four weeks become someone who's a difference maker night in and night out. I would love to say that it would be the case, and you certainly think that that could be the case if his shot starts to fall, which I think it will. But the point that I'm trying to make is this, is that with Jaron, Coming off the injury that he had last year, getting back into the swing of things, you're not going to get this all-star type ceiling night in and night out right off the bat. The hope for the Grizzlies, and I feel the fan base is this, is that right now you're getting a very good game one out of every six games. Well, next, going into November, maybe you could start getting a very good game one out of every five, one out of every four games. Once you get to Christmas, maybe it's a very good game one out of every three games. And if health is there, if progression is there, maybe into the new year, one out of every two or three games, you're getting Jaron being a true difference maker. That's the type of progression that I think we're going to see from Jaron this year. It's it, it's kind of, I think it's unfair to a fan or anybody who's following the Grizzlies. If you're going game by game to assess Jaron right now, I think that it's a flawed way to look at things because you're not going to get what you hope for. You're not going to get the proof that Jaron is the clear number two for the Grizzlies to be a true contender in the future every game out, especially right now when his shot is not falling. 
Of course, you want to see Jaron add more balance to his offensive game to where if the three is not falling, he can find success inside. You want for him to get to the level to where he can still impact a game towards the level that a DeAnthony Melton did the other night against Golden State when Melton's shot was not falling. You want Jaron to show that type of potential. There are many different things that we want for Jaron to do, but it's going to take time for them to get there. So two truths certainly exist when it comes to the inconsistencies of Jaron Jackson Jr., Right now, the production level that he's offering, it's not it. It's not, that is not going to be what's going to work for the Grizzlies to take that step forward. We want them to this year. But I also think that it is a way too early to assess Jaron not being what we thought he could be. I think in time, he's going to be more frequent in showing his flashes. I think he's going to more frequently be a difference maker. And it's certainly something that we should all have faith in as time goes on. But the big thing to remember, and I personally remind myself of this every day when I see this Grizzlies team have highs and lows, is exactly that. Taylor Jenkins preaches it. Don't get too high. Don't get too low. John Morant, Kyle Anderson have said the same thing. One thing that I think stands out about these inconsistencies, I don't think that the Grizzlies are a bottom five defense in terms of natural talent. I think they'll get better in that area. I think the Grizzlies have significantly improved their ability to shoot the three. That will normalize to where they'll be able to shoot the three as a reliable source of offense while also getting better at consistently finding high percentage looks, offensive, offensive possession after offensive possession. They're going to get better at finding high percentage looks more frequently, and they're not going to continue to overemphasize the three as much as they have. And Jaron Jackson Jr.'s talent will eventually shine through. It eventually is going to click in some way, shape, or form, and he's going to get more consistent at being a difference maker. In other words, while there's plenty of inconsistencies right now, that is expected of a roster that is the third youngest team in the league, and it's only six games into the season. And the fact that the Grizzlies, I would much rather the Grizzlies have high highs and low lows right now and us not get too high or too low looking at it, than the Grizzlies consistently trend down with what they're doing. I feel that if you get those too high or too low expectations, if the Grizzlies show great flashes of being an unbelievable, of being you know one of the best young teams in the league, to where you also then the next game are reminded how young they are. I feel that as that normalizes, it's going to be more of a positive regression than anything else. So yes, inconsistencies on the defense, inconsistencies shooting the three, and inconsistencies with Jaron Jackson Jr. certainly exist. But I think there's more reasons available than not to have faith those inconsistencies will trend in a positive direction than there is to think that those inconsistencies will become the norm, the norm themselves. The defense will get better, the shots will start to fall, and Jaron will become a more frequent difference maker. I truly believe those are outcomes that will continue to get better for the Grizzlies as the season goes along. Of course, you'd love to see those things start to trend in the right direction over the next two games as the Grizzlies face another formidable opponent in back-to-back -back games, the Denver Nuggets. The thing, though, is this Nuggets team is not that much different from Miami, so perhaps the Grizzlies experiencing what they did against Miami will put them in a better position to play the Nuggets. We'll discuss that in just a moment. But before we do that, obviously, 
the Grizzlies want to have as many options as possible when it comes to their offensive scheme for them to be able to find success. Well, you, I'm sure, want to have as many options as possible when it comes to making your daily diet as great as it can be. And one of the ways to do that is Built Bar. Number one, you can have it in the morning for breakfast or in the afternoon as a snack. You can choose from over 18 different flavors at BuiltBar.com. And right now, you actually can go to Built.com. Put in the promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your next order from Built Bar. That's 15% off your next order from Built Bar. It's going to be a great way to start your day or make your day even better when you choose to have it. Again, go to Built.com, put in the promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your next order from Built Bar. On tomorrow's edition of the Locked on Grizzlies podcast, we will react to the Grizzlies game against the Denver Nuggets. Did the lessons learned from the Miami Heat game perhaps make it to where the Grizzlies were more were in a better position to maybe get a win against the Nuggets? And if it didn't work, if it doesn't work tonight, we'll obviously see what the Grizzlies need to adjust to be able to get that win on Wednesday night. I think four and four would be a great outcome. Hopefully they'll get one of the next two to be that way. That and much more on tomorrow's edition of the Locked on Grizzlies podcast. But before we get to that, we need to figure out how the Grizzlies can find success against a very talented Nuggets team. And what stands out about the Nuggets absolutely stands out about the Miami Heat. This Nuggets team is a bottom five team in terms of points per game, but they also are a top three team when it comes to field goal percentage. The reason why, they are the best two-point shooting, they are the best two-point shooting team in the NBA. And though they struggle from three, there's more than enough talent on this team that can burn you. This is exactly this is exactly the way out that Miami was. Miami is the top defense in the league. Denver arguably is the second best defense in the league. So you basically have a carbon copy of Miami in Denver. And hopefully the Grizzlies will be able to take what they learned, will be able to watch film, make adjustments, will take what they saw on Saturday night and find the most of their opportunity tonight. But the thing with the Nuggets is, is that it all starts obviously with reigning MVP Nikola Jokic. Now at the moment, I know Nikola Jokic had a recent injury. It looks like that he's going to be available for these games. But Nikola Jokic in the game. Again, he is the type of player that you don't really have a remedy to stop. You're you're likely, this isn't going to be a game like it was a few years ago when Mark Gasol held Nikola Jokic without a shot for the first 46 and a half minutes of the game. Nikola Jokic is going to get his usage. He's going to get his touches. You just simply have to do your best to limit the impact as much as you can. For the Grizzlies, that's focusing on really making sure that they defend inside the arc as much as possible to contest as many shots as they can. Try to prevent a lot of high percentage looks for this Nuggets team. But of course, the other thing is, is that when the Heat were coming into the game on Saturday night, they were one of the worst three-point shooting teams in the league, and they absolutely erupted against the Grizzlies. That's another thing the Grizzlies are going to have to watch out for. They're going to have to continue to contest the three-wheel. They're going to have to continue to defend well. They're going to have to continue to find ways to stay with their man, stay disciplined, and try to disrupt the offensive flow for the Nuggets as soon as possible. However, there is a bit more of an encouraging avenue, a bit more of an avenue for advantage for the Grizzlies against the Nuggets than there were against the, the um, Miami Heat. The Miami Heat and Golden State Warriors were two very disciplined teams. 
That's not the case so much with the Denver Nuggets. The Nuggets are last in the league right now in terms of committing turnovers per game. They commit nearly 19 turnovers per game. They also do foul quite a bit. This is a big physical team. And in a game that's going to be slow paced, it's going to be another physical matchup for the Grizzlies. But the Nuggets make plenty of mistakes. And in a game setup against the Nuggets, where there's going to be less overall possessions, if the Grizzlies can maintain the opportunistic nature of their defense, they can find plenty of opportunities to create a possession advantage. And if they can get five to seven to ten more shots than the Nuggets over these next two games, that's going to have more value when there's less overall possessions than it would against a, a, a very fast-moving offense like a Golden State, for instance. So that is one area where the Grizzlies truly do have the opportunity to make a difference in this game, to create an advantage that could allow for them to get a victory against a team that probably is more naturally talented to them right now. It's the Grizzlies being able to stay opportunistic, but balancing out being disciplined as well, not getting too over-aggressive where they leave a lot of open threes or a lot of open looks for the Nuggets to be able to make shots consistently, especially near the basket. But if the Grizzlies can find a way to balance out their discipline on defense while also being opportunistic, there is enough opportunity with this Nuggets team to create turnovers to where the Grizzlies can get out on the run, where they excel, get that possession advantage, and once again, before a very good Denver Nuggets team gets set, the Grizzlies will find plenty of opportunities to have high percentage looks on offense before they have to worry about the Nuggets getting set. That's going to be the key for this Grizzlies team. How can you consistently find high percentage looks and how will you be able to be opportunistic on defense to get that possession edge? If the Grizzlies can do that, if they can force a lot of turnovers and they can convert those turnovers into points, especially early in the game, that can set a tone for the Grizzlies to really feed off of, to be able to get the crowd into it and be able to get a victory, especially tonight in the first game versus these two teams. It certainly is going to be a task. While there is obviously an avenue to success, there's a reason why this Nuggets team is 4-2. There's a reason why they're the second best defense in the league. And obviously when it comes to their offense, they've got the reigning MVP. So there's plenty plenty to deal with when it comes to the Grizzlies and making the most of this opportunity. They're going to have to play better than they did against Portland in the second half and against the Heat. For this Grizzlies team to win at least one of these two games, they're probably going to have to play at least three quarters like they did in, this, in, in a game in one of these next two games against, like they did against Golden State. They're going to have to take that whatever worked for them where they were very opportunistic, very persistent, very intent to turn defense into offense. They're going to have to take that philosophy like they showed in the second half of Golden State, and they're going to have to put it over a full game against the Nuggets, I think, to really have a chance to win one of these next two games. They certainly can do it. And John Morant certainly can find success himself, I feel, at least a bit more than he did against Miami. But the Grizzlies are going to have to be opportunistic, but also disciplined on defense. If they can create turnovers, the possession edge, them having five, six, seven, or more shots per game, that's going to have more value since there's going to be less overall possessions in these games. And I also think that one thing that stands out, whether it's getting out on the fast break and getting high percentage looks before Denver's defense gets set, or consistently passing the ball well to prioritize high percentage looks instead of just settling for the three, 
Those three things are what are going to put the Grizzlies in the best position to win a game against the Nuggets over the next two games. Playing opportunistic but yet disciplined defense, being able to convert turnovers and fast break opportunities into high percentage looks and points, and being able to consistently balance out the three with high percentage looks, consistently moving the ball to find the best high percentage looks. Those are going to be the ways for the Grizzlies to build off what they learned in the Heat game and hopefully find success starting tonight against the Denver Nuggets. It's going to be a lot of fun. The reigning MVP is in Memphis. Certainly hope anybody that's going, you will be able to enjoy it. Obviously, this Grizzlies start to the season, it's been up and down. There's been some very good highs. There's been some very low lows. Moments of fun and moments of disappointment. That's what's going to happen with a young team to start the season. But the thing about it is this. I think with each and every one of these games where it seems like the Grizzlies are unexpectedly not competitive, it's going to pay off in the end to make them more consistently competitive as this season goes on. Hope you enjoyed tonight's game. We'll be right back with you tomorrow to break it all down when it comes to the Grizzlies before they face the Nuggets for the second time on Wednesday. Don't forget you can find the show at Locked on Grizzlies, myself at StatsSAC on Twitter. You can find the podcast wherever it's available, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, the Odyssey app. Make sure you listen, review, and subscribe to wherever you choose to listen to podcasts. And on YouTube, hit that subscribe button below. Let's us know you love the show. Helps others find the show as well. My name's Sean Cohen. Thank you so much for making Locked on Grizzlies your first listen of the day. Have a great one, and we'll talk to you again soon here on the Locked on Grizzlies podcast.